Welcome back to another episode of the MicroConf Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Walling, and this week we have a MicroConf Tactics episode where we pull audio from one of the highly focused, highly tactical videos on our YouTube channel. In this episode, we're going to look at the video titled, Got Your First 100 Customers, Now What? scale past 1,000 customers. And this is a nice, tight, what, 10, 12-minute video where I'm talking about going from 100 to 1,000 and how to scale up. Before we dive into that, I'm running a Kickstarter for my book, The SaaS Playbook, Build a Multi-Million Dollar Startup Without Venture Capital. This is a book that took me two years to write and almost 20 years to gain the knowledge to write. It's everything I know about bootstrapping and mostly bootstrapping SaaS companies. I dive into marketing, how to choose marketing approaches that will work for your startup, how to craft your pricing, how to hire, how to build your team, who to hire next, which metrics you should be monitoring, the mindset to be a successful entrepreneur, and so much more. I packed it in to about 210 pages, and I'm running a Kickstarter right now. Head to sasplaybook.com to head to the Kickstarter and support me and also get what I consider to be one of the best books I've ever written. And with that, let's dive into the video where I look at how to get from 100 customers to 1,000 customers and beyond. You have your first 100 customers, now what? This video is going to talk about how to scale your SaaS from 100 to 1,000 customers and beyond. I'm going to dig into actionable tactics and strategies to get it done. I'm Rob Walling, startup founder with multiple exits, author of three books on building startups, and an investor in more than 100 companies. In a previous video, I talked about how to get your first 100 customers. We'll link that video up in the description. But that video was so popular that we wanted to do a follow-up about what's next after you have 100 customers. If you recall, in the first video, we talked about marketing before you start coding, doing some validation, building an email launch list, launching, and then doing one-time early-stage marketing approaches. So things like Product Hunt, Hacker News, Reddit, even getting involved with some Q&A sites and maybe doing a, you know an AppSumo deal, a daily deal, something like that. So in this talk, I want to talk about the next stages. You reach that 100 customer mark, you feel like you've built something that people want, and how do you then 10x that business? I'm only going to talk about marketing. I'm not going to talk about scaling up your support operations, developers, basically everything else you need to grow to a thousand customers because there's a lot to it. And this would be a very long video. I might break YouTube if I actually went into everything that it takes to get there. There's so much information involved in getting to a thousand customers that I've actually written a book on the topic. It's not out yet, but I'm going to be releasing it early next year. If you're interested in being notified when that book goes live, head to robwalling.com, just my name.com. I have an email list there sign up and I'll be sure to send to that list when I launch the book next year. So the interesting thing with recording a video like this is a thousand customers at $10 a month is 10,000 MRR and a thousand customers at $1,000 a month is a million MRR. That's 12 million a year. And so your price point really dictates a lot about your business, right? It doesn't just dictate how big the business will get at a thousand customers. It actually dictates how you can market. Usually the higher your price point, the better because the lower your churn and the more marketing approaches you can use. If you're charging $5 per customer per month, there are four or five ongoing marketing channels that you can use. Everything else is too expensive. If you're charging 500 a month, that palette expands to uh, you know, give or take 10, 12 marketing approaches. And if you're charging 5,000 a month, then the complete gamut of 21 
B2B SaaS marketing approaches that I know exist are all available to you at that price point. So that is something I ask founders to keep in mind when they're thinking about what type of business they want to build and who they want to sell to. Much of that will dictate how much you can charge and therefore how much flexibility you have in marketing your product. While you can scratch and claw, and as Paul Graham said, do things that don't scale to get to 100 customers, that's not going to get you to 1,000. Whether you're charging 10 or 1,000 a month, getting to 1,000 customers requires a repeatable process. It requires a flywheel to start spinning. You have to find one or more marketing approaches ongoing that are repeatable, that bring in new leads month after month, and that start to build like a flywheel. The faster you get a flywheel gets going, the more momentum it has. That's what you're looking for to get from 100 to 1,000. So usually this involves some kind of experimentation where you have to look at the entire palette of all the marketing approaches you could be using, and then you decide which one or two am I gonna focus on for the next month or two as I experiment to see if this works in my space with my price point and with my skill set. So the two questions I typically ask myself are, what skills do I have? I'm assuming I'm a single, mostly bootstrap founder. If I have a team, then I ask, what are the skills of the team? What have we had success with on past projects? If we've stair-stepped our way up here, do we already know how to do some SEO? Do we already know AdWords? Those would probably go to the top of the list if I already have the skills. And the second question is, what are competitors doing? What's working for them? And it's not that I want to try to copy their approach, but realistically, if you have competitors who've been in this space longer, they've probably tried, if they're smart, they've probably tried a lot of approaches and you can potentially have your shortlist, your early shortlist, be based on things that you think might be working for them. Once we talk about that, you can then prioritize it using the couple questions I mentioned above, and you can use a framework called the ICE prioritization framework. Often this is used to prioritize which features to build into your product, but I found it pretty useful for deciding which marketing approaches to use. And ICE stands for impact, confidence, and ease of implementation. So you literally just throw these into a spreadsheet and you take your best guess at what impact you think this could have on the company. You can make it new leads or new customers, as long as you use the same impact metric for all the marketing approaches. But your confidence that this will work, that you can make it work, and then the ease of implementation. And obviously with each of these three, the higher the number, the better. And I've seen different ways of using ICE where you just add the three together. I've seen it where you multiply the three together. So that actually gives almost a, a logarithmic, right? Or an exponential score. And then you sum it to the right and you get a single number for each of these approaches that you picked up. And these aren't just high level approaches. Like I wouldn't just put SEO as an approach. I would put Google SEO, or I would put Amazon SEO, or I would put you know, particularly going after free tools in this space, or I would look at you know YouTube SEO. There, there's some very specific things that I would be thinking about and not just high level. I wanna take a moment to highlight the sponsor of this video, Lemon.io. It's hard to find good engineers, especially if you're trying to reduce your burn rate. Lemon.io delivers vetted, senior, results-oriented developers all at competitive rates. As a subscriber of this channel, you can get 15% off your first four weeks working with their engineers. Stop burning money, hire developers smarter. Head to lemon.io slash microconf. Some of these take a long time to work. They're slow and others work very quickly. So SEO often takes a long time. Cold outreach often works really quickly within a month or two if you hone your message well. So I'd be thinking about picking one slow and one fast at any given time. Sometimes if you're doing this nights and weekends, you can only pick one. You only have the time to do that and that's fine. But if you've raised a small amount of funding, you have a small team, you can often run a lot of these experiments in parallel. And that's where I say having money in your personal life saves you hours. Having money in your business 
saves you years, right? It, or it gains you years that you don't have to sit around and wait and run everything in a sequential process. You can actually parallelize some of these. So realistically, the five pillar SaaS marketing approaches I see used most often in B2B SaaS are SEO, content, cold outreach, integration marketing, and pay-per-click advertising. So in your shoes, I would be thinking about, okay, these are the most likely to work. There's a bunch of optional approaches too, like doing affiliate marketing, using Captera, which is something I just talked about at MicroConf Remote, having a viral loop, building free tools, which is a, usually an SEO play, even going to in-person events. This is where if you're $50 a month, you can't afford it. If you're $5,000 a month, you can. And I see a lot of tiny seed and microcom companies doing very well at in-person events because that in-person connection is very valuable. Obviously there are more approaches and me listing them here isn't super helpful, but the idea is that you figure out, do you want to learn one of these yourself? Do you already know it? Or are you able to hire someone to help with it? Certain things are a lot easier to outsource to a freelancer or an agency than others. SEO tends to be a long, arduous, relatively complex process. And the founders that I see succeeding with it usually are learning a good chunk of that themselves because SEO people are very expensive. Versus cold outreach. You can find productized services and agencies that are you know, relatively inexpensive if you have a small amount of funding that you can just straight outsource that to it, run a three-month test, see if it works. If it does, you keep going. And if it doesn't, you bail on it. And that's a great way to run an experiment that doesn't take a ton of time for you. Pay-per-click advertising is often one you can find a freelancer to run for you. AdWords, Facebook, Instagram. These things are easier to outsource than, like I said, SEO, going to in-person events, doing YouTube and podcast tours. You know, these are things that the founder more than likely has to be involved in. So you have to factor that into, you know, the level of effort that you're going to have to invest as you choose these approaches. And then as you find an approach that works, you have a decision to make. You can double and triple down on that approach, which usually is a pretty good idea, assuming that there is more volume there. But as you tap out the volume of that approach, it is wise to continuously be running these experiments. As I said, it's like a rinse and repeat. And the more that you learn about your market and your customers and your competitors, and you see what people are doing and that's working in the space and you build up your skill set, you actually refine your ice prioritization framework. You, you can change the numbers realizing, oh, this is probably going to have a higher impact or this worked and a thing that's very similar to this, you know, Facebook ads work. So will LinkedIn ads work? Maybe I try those next. In addition to just driving traffic and marketing and bringing new leads to the site, you need to be looking at your entire funnel, whether you have a sales process with demos or whether you have a free trial that's low touch and eventually leads to customers becoming customers without having to speak with them. And to teach you more about funnels, I recorded an entire video focused on that topic called Best Customer Acquisition Funnels for a SaaS Startup. And this is the ping pong back and forth of driving traffic, driving leads, monitoring your funnel and making sure your numbers are within the rules of thumb where they should be. Otherwise you have to optimize that piece because if you bleed people out of your funnel or you're churning them out of the bottom of the funnel, frankly, if people are churning out after they sign up, no amount of marketing is gonna help you. So there is a constant balance between marketing and monitoring and improving your funnel. In a minute, I'm gonna tell you about a really interesting marketing approach that I see working that only a few B2B SaaS founders I know are using. Before I do that, if you enjoyed this video, please hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. I have videos coming out like this every week all about building, launching, and growing SaaS. So the marketing approach that I see a few founders really succeeding with are partnerships. And the idea with partnerships is to think who has access to the audience that you want to reach. 
talked a little bit about affiliates mentioned above, and that is one way of partnering with someone. You go to an influencer, you go to someone who has a YouTube channel or a podcast, and you say, I will pay you 20 or 30% ongoing commission if you promote this product. That's one way to do it. But there are so many other partnership opportunities, and I don't see enough people taking advantage of these. For example, if you sell to realtors, what are the local membership groups, trade groups for realtors? And is there a way to partner with them, whether you do a talk at the event, whether you sponsor the event, you somehow get in front of those people because they already have access to those realtors. Another example is to find a complementary piece of software or even an info product that is teaching people how to do something that your product does. So if you know someone who has a big audience of folks buying their ebook or course on how to do email marketing and you have an email service provider, obviously there could be a, a partnership formed there. Years ago, I ran a SaaS SEO keyword tool, and the complementary piece of software to this keyword tool was rank trackers. So I reached out to several rank trackers, and all of them said they would be willing to do partnership. And frankly, it was a non-affiliate deal. It was just the info marketers called a joint venture or a JV partnership, where I emailed the Hittail audience and said, this rank tracker is good. Of course, I verified that before. I was became a user of the tool. But I said, I use this. I recommend it. No affiliate link. Just sent people over. And they did the same for us. And that was an extremely profitable and very inexpensive way to get exposure to someone who had access to an audience that I did not, but I knew that they were ripe to use my tool. I hope this video was helpful for you on thinking through how to get to 100 to 1,000 customers and beyond. I'll see you in the next video.